Introduction of Gadsby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Gadsby by Ernest Vincent Wright. Introduction. The entire manuscript of this story was written with the E-type bar of the typewriter tied down, thus making it impossible for that letter to be printed. This was done so that none of the vowel might slip in, accidentally, and many did try to do so. There is a great deal of information as to what youth can do, if given a chance, and though it starts out in somewhat of an impersonal vein, there is plenty of thrill, rollicking comedy, love, courtship, marriage, patriotism, sudden tragedy, a determined stand against liquor, and some amusing political aspirations in a small growing town. In writing such a story, purposely avoiding all words containing the vowel E, there are a great many difficulties. The greatest of these is met in the past tense of verbs, almost all of which end with ED. Therefore, substitutes must be found, and they are very few. This will cause, at times, a somewhat monotonous use of such words as said, for neither replied, answered, nor asked can be used. Another difficulty comes with the elimination of the common couplet en, of course, and its very common connective, consequently, which will unavoidably cause bumpy spots. The numerals also cause plenty of trouble, for none between six and thirty are available. When introducing young ladies into the story, this is a real barrier, for what young woman wants to have it known that she is over thirty? And this restriction on numbers, of course, taboos all mention of dates. Many abbreviations also must be avoided, the most common of all, Mr. and Mrs., being particularly troublesome, for those words, if read aloud, plainly indicate the E in their orthography. As the vowel E is used more than five times oftener than any other letter, this story was written not through any attempt to attain literary merit, but due to a somewhat balky nature, caused by hearing it so constantly claimed that it can't be done, for you cannot say anything at all without using E and make smooth continuity with perfectly grammatical construction. So twas said. Many may think that I simply dropped the E's, filling the gaps with apostrophes. A perusal of the book will show that this is not so. All words used are complete, are correctly spelled, and properly used. This has been accomplished through the use of synonyms, and by so twisting the sentence around as to avoid ambiguity. The book may prove a valuable aid to school children in English composition. People, as a rule, will not stop to realize what a task such an attempt actually is. As I wrote along, in longhand at first, a whole army of little E's gathered around my desk, all eagerly expecting to be called upon. But gradually, as they saw me writing on and on without even noticing them, they grew uneasy, and, with excited whispering amongst themselves, began hopping up and riding on my pen, looking down constantly for a chance to drop off into some word. For all the world, like sea birds perched, watching for a passing fish. But when they saw that I had covered 138 pages of typewriter-sized paper, 
they slid off onto the floor, walking sadly arm in arm, but shouting back, You certainly must have a hodgepodge of a yarn there. Without us, why, man, we are in every story ever written, hundreds of thousands of times. This is the very first time we were shut out. Pronouns also caused trouble. For such words as he, she, they, them, theirs, her, herself, myself, himself, yourself, etc., could not be utilized. But a particularly annoying obstacle comes when, almost through a long paragraph, you can find no words with which to continue that line of thought. Hence, as in solitaire, you are stuck, and must go way back and start another, which, of course, must perfectly fit the preceding context. I have received some extremely odd criticism since the Associated Press widely announced that such a book was being written. A rapid-talking New York newspaper columnist wanted to know how I would get over the plain fact that my name contains the letter E three times. As an author's name is not part of his story, that criticism did not hold water. And I received one most scathing epistle from a lady woman denouncing me as a genuine fake that paradox being a most interesting one, and ending by saying, Everyone knows that such a feat is impossible. All right, then the impossible has been accomplished, a paradox equal to hers. Other criticism may be directed at the introduction, but this section of the story also is not part of it. The author is entitled to it in order properly to explain his work. The story required five and a half months of concentrated endeavor, and so many erasures and retrenchments that I tremble as I think of them. Of course, anybody can write such a story. All that is needed is a piece of string tied from the E-type bar down to some part of the base of the typewriter. Then simply go ahead and type your story. Incidentally, you should have some sort of bromide preparation handy for use when the going gets rough as it most assuredly will. Before the book was in print, I was freely and openly informed there is a trick or a catch somewhere in the claim that there is not one letter E in the entire book after you leave the introduction. Well, it is the privilege of the reader to unearth any such deception that he or she may think they can find. I have even ordered the printer not to head each chapter with the words chapter two etc on account of that bothersome e in the word in closing let me say that i trust you may learn to love all the young folks in the story as deeply as i have in introducing them to you like many a book it grows more and more interesting as the reader becomes well acquainted with the characters los angeles california february 1939 end of introduction